We are in this uh, Fruit That Remains series. I want to say a couple of things before I dive into that. Um, firstly, I want to say this. If you are, have, have jumped into this journey with us uh, around core, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's probably because you've not jumped in, but that's okay. Um, head to our website. We, we wanted to take a journey with uh, anyone that calls this, this church their family um, to intentionally go after what it looks like to strengthen spiritual mums and dads. And be that young, be it old, if you've been around five minutes or you've been around five years, it does not matter. We want to call this church to really go deep in this responsibility to be a family and to raise up healthy spiritual mums and dads who can raise up healthy sons and daughters and do community at a deep, deep level, not because we build a program for you, but because we invest in people. And if you've, uh, if you've not jumped onto that journey with us, I want to say, first of all, you can do that. Go to uh, vinelife.co.uk forward slash core. Watch a video that we put up on there, and then uh, and it'll, there'll be things that you can kind of do from that point onwards. I want to say this one thing. For those of you who maybe came along to call with us a couple of weeks ago, or maybe you've watched the video subsequently, Sarah and I shared uh, in that some expectations, some things that we think that, you know, as spiritual moms and dads, we want to take responsibility for. Listen, those things are not hoops for you to jump through. They're not hoops for you to jump through. They are things that we want to mature in as a family. They're things that we want to point ourselves towards. They're things that we want to grow in. So if you heard that message a couple of weeks ago, if you came on the Sunday, you watched the video and you just thought, well, I'm not doing A, B, C, and D. That discounts me from coming on this journey with CORE. Think again. Because that's not what we're saying. We're not saying if you don't hit A, B, and C, then, then you can't come on this journey. We want to say, hey, as spiritual moms and dads and those who are growing in this journey of maturity, we want to point ourselves towards some things. We want to step into some things and we want to uh, realize that that's an ever-growing process. So please don't discount yourself. So for example, if, you, if right now you're not a part of a, a city hub, if you're not going along to a city hub, but um, you know, for any number of reasons, then don't discount yourself from core. Like come on this journey with us. Is that okay? Make sense? This is yes, this is no. You can work with me. It's all right. All right. So that was cool. Second thing, I, um, I'm really excited about this season. I just, I feel like even the stuff that we've been talking about, things that the Lord's been speaking about in worship, um, we're in a really significant um, season. I feel like, and again, you know me, so I, I don't tend to super spiritualize things, but I feel a shift in my spirit over what's happening uh, in this church family's life. Just in this last week, uh, a couple of things in particular, we, we just had um, what I think some really significant breakthrough as we point ourselves towards our, our building. Uh, just some things that have popped up out of the blue, even in the last couple of days. I'm just like, wow, God, you are um, like you're on the move. You're shifting some things, things we've been dreaming about, things that we've had hopes for, things that we built some stuff. Project Home, if you've not jumped in and, and said, hey, we want to be part of raising finance towards Project Home, I encourage you to do it because now's the time for us to begin to set our eyes on this hope and set our eyes on some of the dreams that God's uh, birthed in us actually over many, many years. And so I feel some of that in my spirit this week even. So, I, and conversations I'm having with people just about what's going on in your life that um, this week seems like it's been a really significant week for many people. So I, I, uh, I just want to bless that. Father, for each one of us, wherever we're at in, um, in journey or life and, and whatever is uh, facing us, God, I thank you that we're in a new season with you, that Holy Spirit, we can literally take you by the hand and you will lead us 
into what it is that you have for us that lies ahead. And I thank you, that, Father, that we can have confidence because of your faithfulness, because of who you are. We can live confident lives, boldly going after the things that you've spoken over our lives, boldly going after the things that you've called our community to. We can do that because you're faithful, not because we have experience or wisdom or anything else other than we stand on the foundation and the rock of who you are. And the word over our lives as individuals and as a family. So I thank you for what you're doing in this season. We, we acknowledge it. We bless it. And we ask God that you'd, you'd uh, keep our eyes open to everything you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. So interestingly, we're in uh, this series, uh, Fruit That Remains. We've taken this last couple of months to really journey through the, uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And looking at it, what it looks like for us to not just see those things in uh, in, in small essence in our lives, but how do we create fertile ground in which the roots of the root system of the Holy Spirit can nurture and grow his fruit? And in that, how can we, uh, how can we pay attention to things that we both need to get, put our hands to, but also pay attention to in terms of what the Holy Spirit's asking us to nurture and grow? Not so that we can have a flash-in-the-pan moment of peace or love or joy, but actually that we can build the kind of infrastructure of the Holy Spirit in our lives where we would see this fruit growing continually. We want to see fruit that remains, lasting fruit that has significance not for our own lives, but for lives around us, for our cities, for our workplaces, for our families, that this fruit would remain and would be dynamic in its expression in our lives. That's what we've been going after. And I, I felt as we kind of came to the end uh, of this series, and we've got a couple more weeks left, but as we came to the end of this series, that um, there was one thing that was just burning on my heart that I wanted to share about and hopefully give some context to, to why um, we would think about our lives in seasons and think about the reality of um, a fruit that remains and understanding how we gravitate through and navigate through seasons that are uniquely different. Any one of you in this room could, could point to um, many times and seasons in your life. But I'm absolutely convinced that both in terms of the fruit of the Spirit and also just our journey with the Lord that we have to pay attention to the seasons that we're in because uh, it will help us navigate through and it will help us create fruit and fruit that remains. So I want to look at that idea of lives being fruitful in and through different seasons in life. You know, it's the fruit that God wants to develop in us and therefore through us that ultimately we want to see remain. Like we want to run this race fast and long. And we want fruit that will remain. And so in doing that, I think it's really important that, that we consider that how we nurture and grow and develop fruit throughout the different aspects of seasons, be it what we might describe as mountaintop seasons or even times and seasons we might express as valleys. Like how do we walk through life sustaining, nurturing and growing the fruit of God in our lives through those seasons? I want us to be absolutely clear and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the fruit of the Spirit is seasonal. So please, that's not what I'm talking about today. But there is a... There is uh, something for us to grapple with as we journey through life to express the things that God has placed uh, on our lives to do that will require us to pay attention to the seasons we're in. And so um, I want to do that this morning. I want to try and um, help us with a, a couple of things that I feel like the Holy Spirit's just asking us to pay attention, pay attention to. I, uh, 
Many of you will have heard about my journey of my street and uh, the challenge of living on a private road, which I will remind you meant that it sounds very glamorous that I live on a private road. What it meant was when I bought the house, I, I bought some very large holes in a road. So it's not glamorous. It was holes in a road. Now, as many of you will know, we've moved past that. We have, we have, um, we have tarmacked our whole street. Yep. Uh, we've had major breakthrough in that. There are no more holes in our road. You can come down our road uh, with, uh, with confidence and uh, knowing that uh, you cannot sue us, which was the main reason why we had to deal with it. We've also had some major breakthrough. Virgin came um, through uh, and they have relayed all of our pavements because they've laid cabling in our, in our pavements. That was the second job. That's a major breakthrough. That would have cost us thousands. But Virgin have come and laid, laid this is good. I mean, be excited for me. Rejoice in my blessing. So we have a road, and we have pavement, pavements that you will not fall over, and therefore you cannot sue me. All of these things are good. There was one final thing that we knew as a collective, main, uh, collective uh, Brook Road uh, informal maintenance plan was going to be the trees. We knew that we needed to deal with the trees. The trees have not been maintained. We have a lot of silver birches on our street. How many people like a good old silver birch? We have a number of silver birches on our street and, um, and they have never been maintained, never been trimmed, never been pruned, and they are a mess. Um, the challenge of that now, as we look towards that, is, is that um, we had some um, pretty big storm. Uh, well, we didn't have, we had one big storm about a month ago and one of the trees fell over. One of the trees fell over. It's because it's not been maintained, it's not been pruned. And uh, so we started up this conversation, this dialogue with the rest of the residents, which is a beautiful thing, trying to get 20-odd people to agree on one thing. It's like church. Um, but we, um, we started this conversation about we need to prune the trees. They're unsafe. They are hitting the lamppost. They're hitting the wires. One fell over. Like, we need to address this. I, I did say something very dramatic in one email. I said, listen. If one of the trees dies because we prune it too hard, we can replace a tree. We cannot replace my children. <laughs> yeah, I went there. Because I was like, listen, a tree fell over. Like, I want my children to live, not be killed by a tree. Let's prune the trees. Anyway, this created lots of, uh, lots of back and forth over email. And um, obviously, some people went and Googled the fact that silver birch should not categorically be trimmed until uh, the autumn time. So we're in catch-22, and I'm like, well, I don't care if they die. I just don't want my children to die. Um, so that's my, my challenge. Anyway, in the midst of all this conversation, one, one of my neighbors took, uh, took the liberty of uh, going out one day and lopping a massive branch off one of these trees, um, which was fine at one level. And then literally for the next preceding two weeks, water began to just spout out of where he'd cut this branch off, literally pouring. It looked like the tree was crying. <laughs> so this water is pouring out of the tree and everyone, everyone's up in arms. We should have waited till autumn. What were you doing? You've killed the tree. And I'm like, hey, at least we didn't kill a child. Um, so this, this tree is literally pouring out water. And we've discovered that what happens, now is not the time to, trim, uh, to prune a tree, especially that dramatically, because what happens in this season as we head is literally the water and the sap uh, heads upwards. So if you cut anything off a tree, it's going to pour out sap, pour out water. And apparently that's science. That's the way God made it. But what 
came into sharp focus for all of us is that there is definitely a time to prune a tree. It's definitely a time to prune a tree. And the season to do that is in, is in autumn. It's not now. And so in this whole, this whole thing with our street, it, it, it sought to be a, something of a provocation to me to think about, about seasons and think about like what are we doing in this season that's going to help produce growth and health and maybe actually what do we need to consider in this season that we might not do because it would produce death and destroy much like the tree outside in my road. And so I, I think understanding the season we're in and what God's doing and what God's saying and, and what our response is going to be, knowing that as we steward our lives and steward the assignment that's on our lives, that we have to be careful to, to know what season we're in because it will, it will determine and shape and it will become a factor to how we approach what God's asking us to do. So in some seasons, it might be that we're, it's okay to lop off a branch, spiritually speaking. And our tree won't die. I'm convinced this tree will die. But at other seasons, it might be like, no, 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 this is a season just to, to let growth happen. There's a season where we're, we're okay not to, to, to have to do anything. We can wait. And so I just began to think about seasons. As we dive into this this morning, I want to make one um, very um, definite, definitive statement about about how we would approach seasons because there's a bottom line, there's a foundation on which all of this conversation that we're about to talk through this morning, it sits. And that bottom line is this. Listen, we can, we can believe for fullness in every season. We can believe in fullness in every season because of the very things that we have sung about and declared over our lives this morning. Because God is faithful in every season. Like God's faithfulness is not a seasonal dynamic. It is something that, that rests through. It's a linear uh, uh, line that, that, that maps through every season and every moment of my life. God's faithfulness is something that we build our understandings of how we see the seasons of life that we are going to navigate through. It's immovable. It doesn't change. And we are anchored to the reality of his faithfulness sits as the very foundation of some of the thoughts that we want to um, kick around this morning. Because ultimately, in understanding that there is a foundation of, of faithfulness, God's faithfulness, it allows us to, to, um, to delve a deep root system of trust into God. That no matter what season we find ourselves into, the consistency of, of our approach to, to allow deep, deep roots to set into the character and nature of God in his faithfulness is really what challenges us in every aspect of season. I want to read this verse over you. It's Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says this, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Listen, what this verse points to is a consistency of faithfulness no matter what season you find yourself in. Whether it be that you feel oppressed by heat, whether, it, whether you feel like you are, you are in a season of drought and there's no life and water coming to you, all of those things are an external factor. 
the internal factor is, is that you can build a deep, deep root system into the faithfulness of God. And that's where we start this conversation. But I want to look at three things that, um, that I feel will help us, that Holy Spirit just wants to highlight to us this morning as we're thinking about fruit that remains, building a life and growing and developing fruit in our lives that will remain through those seasons. And three keys to those seasons are this. I want to look at um, fuel or prune. Two dynamics that we need to figure out that either need to happen separately or at both at the same time, fuel or prune. Secondly, I want to look at our capacity and our calling. And thirdly, I want to look at the secret of contentment. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that, um, that this uh, a room of, of beautiful people who are pointing their lives towards walking with you Father, are going to be in a range of seasons. There's going to be variety of seasons in this room. And I, I pray that, Holy Spirit, as we look at how we take hold of what you're doing in this season with us as individuals, but also as a church family, that, God, you would give us wisdom. That, Father, as we um, submit our lives to you again, as we build ourselves and graft ourselves into your faithfulness, that, God, you would nurture lasting fruit in our life, no matter what season we're in. And I thank you that that is the promise of your word. Amen. So feed or prune. Um, the context of the fruit of the Spirit that we've been looking at um, um, and discovering, importantly, that it's fruit that God is looking for us to not just establish in tokenistic fashion, but it's, it's fruit that he's asking us to develop such that it will remain, is in Galatians 5. And in Galatians 5, um, Paul um, gives a context um, in which he wants to speak very specifically about the fruits of the Spirit. So let's read Galatians 5. It says this, keeping step with the Spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's put a pause there. In other words, you'll not feed the desires of your flesh. But conversely, you will feed your walk with the Spirit. Verse 17, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And if that wasn't an exhaustive list, Paul puts this beautiful phrase. And things like these. <laughs> I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do um, such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. They no longer feed the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us feed the things that will keep us in step with the Spirit. And so Paul's talking about this dual challenge of feeding the things of the Spirit, nurturing that walk, nurturing and feeding that closeness of relationship with Holy Spirit, so much so that the fruit of his life and, and, and the fruit of who he is becomes evident and grows in our life, the fruit of the Spirit. But alongside that, the second part, which is the challenge to ultimately be ruthless in pruning those things that are not of the Spirit. 
It's this dualistic journey of I'm going to feed those things which are going to nurture healthy fruit and I'm going to prune those things. I'm going to cut those things off. I'm going to be radical in my pruning of the things that ultimately are not. I think when we think about the fruit of the Spirit that we've been, we've been walking through, I, I don't think it's simply about um, applying ourselves in those areas. I don't think it's just simply about we walk out of, the, the, of, of church on the morning when we looked at love and just said, well, you know, I'll just apply myself to love a bit more. I'll maybe apply myself to being a little bit more joyful or I'll, I'll apply myself to being a bit more peaceful. I don't think it's simply about uh, applying myself. I think it's far more than that. I think it's actually, it's possibly considering that there are, the season I'm potentially in, I maybe need to be way more radical, maybe have a way more radical approach to the, to the pruning of some things in my life such that healthy fruit can come forth. And that maybe just this sort of tokenistic approach of, yeah, I know I need to be a bit more loving or a bit more peaceful, I'll maybe apply myself to that and it is maybe is maybe not really where we need to be at. Maybe you're in a season where you're actually like, I need to be intentionally pruning some things in order for healthy growth to even come through. It may be the case you're in a season with some of the fruit of the Spirit where you just know you need to feed them, you need to consider them, you, know, you need to be intentional with them, proactive with them. But maybe you're also in a season where you need to see the fruit not just grow, but remain and in order to remain, maybe there are some things that are going on in your life, be it experientially or even internally, that you just need to go after with Holy Spirit and prune, like literally cut off. You may be looking at your life honestly, and I always encourage you to do that with the Holy Spirit, to say, look, come and search me and know me. And say, well, I want to love. I want love, I want kindness, I want goodness, I want patience to be demonstrated in my life. But maybe I've got some opinions, maybe I've got some unforgiveness, maybe I've got some attitudes, maybe I've got some judgments towards people that ultimately is making that an impasse between the things that I desire of the Spirit and my ability to out that work, outwork those things to a world that desperately needs to encounter love, joy, peace, patience through my life. And dealing with those issues, you know, going after those issues that would, would ultimately create a disconnect between my heart's desire to love, to be gentle, to be patient, going after those things which will hold me back, like unforgiveness, like judgment, like rejection, like hurt, like disappointment, going after those things and pruning those things, being brutal with them, may be the approach in this season that you need to take. It may be that you, take, take self-control as an example. Maybe you know that you need to be more determined in your commitment to self-control. Maybe it is just a, an act of will, I need more determination. But you know what, maybe it's also both feeding that self-control, self but also pruning the very things that might cause you to stumble in that whole area of self-control. Sarah is going away for a couple of days um, to Hastings with the family. And um, I know that one area of, of self-control is going to be if there's any chocolate in that house. When Sarah's gone, the kids are gone, I'm going to devour it. I'm going to be devour it. I have no self-control. When Sarah's gone and she hides the chocolate, all those kind of things. So I've literally, I've committed myself this week to eating as much of that this week. Just get it out of the way. Get it out of the house. I've been ruthless 
in eating every sweet thing I can find in the house because I know it's going to be a struggle for me next week. It's not the kind of self-control I'm talking about. But you get the idea. There's no point saying, I need to be more self-controlled in this issue and then putting yourself in and around the very situation that you know is going to cause you to challenge your self-control. So alongside, yes, being devoted to self-control, deal with the things. Cut off, prune, get yourself away from the things that ultimately are the things that need you to engage self-control. Be wise in that journey. I think it's kind of like that difference between trying to shape a bonsai tree and recognizing that I need to lop down a tree that is unhealthy and may at any point fall over. Like that's the difference. You know, we, with a bonsai tree, you can kind of say, well, you know, I want this, this, I want this little stretch of branch to kind of move out here. So we wrap some wire around it. We kind of guide it. And it's like that with, you know, I want to love more. So I'm going to be more intentional. I'm going to sort of guide my life to love more. But ultimately, there may, you may well be in a season where you're like, you know what, there's some unhealthy root systems in, in and around this tree that ultimately mean I need to take down this tree. I need to prune this tree because it's going to fall over. And it's the difference between a bonsai and needing to take down a tree. And listen, we can, we can absolutely be intentional to feed those things that we want to grow in our lives. Philippians um, 4 verse 8, Paul again says this, he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on those things, think on these things, fuel these things, feed these things. Absolutely. There are seasons when we, we need to be proactive to feed and nurture the kind of fruit that we want to see grow and last in our lives. You know, there may be a season when, as even in terms of your thought life, as Paul's saying there, that you need to be just super intentional about the way that you think so that your life lines up with the way that you think. That's why I absolutely believe that, that, um, that it is that, that process of, of Christ's of Christ's mind, of the renewing of our mind is a process that we need to walk through because we need to think differently. And as we think differently, our life lines up with the way that we think about ourselves, about others, about God. But also, as much as it, it might be that we want to tweak some of these things and be intentional towards them, also, uh, there is also the case that pruning is important. 2 Corinthians 10 says, take every thought captive. In other words, prune what's going on in your mind. In the way that you think, be ruthless. Prune what's going on in your mind. Because ultimately, pruning is about you running your race well and running your race healthy. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside, let us prune every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of faith so there's a time to fuel and there's a time to prune and maybe you're in a season where both of those things need to happen the second thing what about capacity and calling how does that impact the season that we might be in I think being aware of the season you're in and the capacity that you have alongside the calling that God has for you is so important. 
You, you think about the, um, Sarah spoke on this recently, but the parable of the bags of gold in Matthew 25 and where the master gives out five bags of gold, two bags of gold and one bag of gold. And then he goes away and when he comes back, he's wanting to see what the servants have done with that investment. And the one that had five went out and invested and, and, and had 10. And the one that had two had, had gone out and invested and, and, and doubled what he had. But the one that had one was sort of living in fear. He didn't really understand what he was supposed to do. And he buried the gold in the ground and the, and the master came back. And he was disappointed. There was this reality that, um, that he hadn't understood the, the calling or his capacity to steward that calling. And I think understanding capacity and calling is really important because it helps us avoid a couple of ditches. Firstly, knowing our capacity and our calling hand in hand avoids us moving into being lazy, fruitless, and ultimately fearful like the, uh, the servant in that story in Matthew 25. But it also avo- avoids burnout. You know, there is a call to be faithful with what we have and actually, there is an understanding of an investment of our lives in those things that we are to be stretched, that we are to put in effort, that we're to sacrifice. But ultimately, the, the servant that was given two bags of gold didn't go out and try and spend the resource of six bags of gold because he only had the resource of two. And so understanding how much resource we have and, and being aware of that in the, any given season is really, really helpful because it, it causes us to not burn out. And there's, there's two primary things that I think that are worth us knowing in that season of considering my capacity and my calling. And firstly, that is this, is that I'm entirely dependent on God. And that keeps me from pride. It keeps me from self-reliance. But the second thing is that God is absolutely enough for me. And that keeps me from apathy and settling for less than he has for me. You know, those two things are forever true, whether I feel like I'm hugely competent with high capacity or whether I'm struggling to cope in any way. We can still stand on those truths that I'm entirely dependent on God and God is absolutely enough for me. And dealing with with our our capacity and being uh, self-aware of the capacity we have, twinned with knowing that there's a call on our lives, um, has to be worked out in a certain context. And that context we find in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And this is this. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. In other translations, it says, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. And I love, I love the way in which that we get to lean into Holy Spirit with this stuff. You know, we get to understand where, where am I with my capacity? But also, I'm not getting lazy and realizing that actually I'm not in a season where God doesn't want to use me. He hasn't got things for me to activate my life towards. That there is a calling on every single one of your lives. Both in the, in the large narrative that speaks over every single one of your lives, but also in the season and the intricacies of what you might even do today. There's a calling and an assignment on your life. And the key is to be realistic with that capacity that God's given you, that thing and that time. And again, some of it is just about, you know, what comes really naturally to me. 
And that isn't saying I'm going to put a, a cap on those things, but it's being realistic with our capacity. It's learning also to be honest and content and work within the capacity that God's given us. Capacity and calling, they really do go hand in hand. And I want to encourage us to pay attention to that whatever season you might find yourself in. I love the truth of the Bible that says the call of God is irrevocable. In other words, it cannot be changed, it cannot be reversed. But my experience is also that my capacity varies through various different seasons. Listen, God's promise over your life, it's not, it doesn't change, it's irrevocable. It cannot be taken away from you. But paying attention to the capacity, which might vary from season to season, is just wisdom, Right? And learning to walk in my calling with wisdom, with understanding about where my current capacity is at, is just wisdom. Recognizing that there will be seasons when life, uh, life changes, uh, responsibilities will increase, and, and actually how much you have of any individual resource in your life, be it time, energy, and money, like those are going to change. We have students in, our room, in this room, you are time rich. That will change. It will change. You know, those of you who are, who are, who are single, your, your time will change. You know, those of you with young families, you recognize that, that what you could do several years ago is different to now. Recognizing the capacity that's on your life alongside stewarding the calling that's on your life is so important. And paying attention to where we are with that at any given, silly, at any given season is really key to us thriving in that season. And if we want to thrive in the season that we are, we have to pay attention to, there's a call on my life and there's a capacity which I'm working to. And I love the fact that even just this awareness of the season we're in also means that when we get things out of balance, there's a beautiful place in which we can trust ourselves to. Matthew 11 from the message says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. There is a, there is a place and a space that we, that we are invited to occupy with Father God that would mean that we would learn the rhythms of unforced grace. That actually in this ability for us, in whatever season we find us in, to fully take hold of the capacities we have and fully take hold of the calling that's on our lives for that season, there's grace. There's a rhythm of grace in the midst of that. And we realize that burnout comes when we're living outside of our capacity, when we're living outside of our calling, and ultimately when we get disconnected from the grace that's available to us. That's where we fall down. That's where we find ourselves stretched beyond uh, healthy. When we burn out, it's that we are disconnected from our capacity. We're disconnected from our calling. And ultimately, we're separated from the season of grace, which is available to us in every season of life. So those three key seasons, fuel and prune, capacity and calling. And also, what about the secret of contentment? 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 is this, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Listen, we absolutely want to, in every season, pursue and walk in God's right way. Righteousness, godliness, 
But when we mix that, it's like two ingredients to coming together. Our, our focus and dedication to walk in step with Holy Spirit mixed with contentment is great gain. That's what it says in the Amplified Version. It says, um, and it is indeed a source of immense profit. I like that. Immense profit for godliness accompanied with contentment. That contentment Contentment, which is a sense of inward sufficiency, is great and abundant gain. You know, it is that beautiful coming together of two ingredients that when mixed together has incredible value for your life and for the season you're in. How many of you want incredible value to be added to the season you're in right now? Well, it's about walking in godliness and mixing in contentment. And part of the secret we discover in, in contentment is that it's, a, it's an inside job. It's an inward sufficiency. It's to do with the internal, not the external. Sometimes I think we think that contentment is about having A, B, and C lined up and then I will feel content. It's about somehow dealing with the externals. But actually contentment has nothing to do with my external parameters and everything to do with what's going on in here. So if we're going to mix godliness with the internal journey of contentment, then we have to realize it starts with what's going on inside. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 11 to 14. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation or in any and every season. Whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And can do all this through him who gives me strength. What Paul's saying is here, he's learned something about contentment. He's been at those two, other, two ends of that extremities. He's had and he's had lack. He's had um, provision and he's had need. But as he's journeyed through those seasons, he's realized that there's something far more important than when at, whether I have or I have not. But there is an internal secret that we get to discover in partnership with God, which means I am settled. I am content whether I have or I have need. Contentment, I genuinely believe, is, is, is us relinquishing the power of the statement that says, when A, B, and C are in place, then I will find myself satisfied. We, when we relinquish the power of that statement where we say that things around me have to line up for me to be satisfied, then we can step into a, into a secret of contentment that I think is key to us navigating through every season of life, whether we have or we have not. Contentment comes from within, not from without. That's the key. And when Paul says, I've learned the secret of, of being content in every situation, it implies a journey, it implies a process, it implies moving through various seasons in life and learning how to deal with what's in front of him. Literally, he would have had seasons where he would have had food on the plate and seasons when he had no food on the plate. What Paul's not chucking out here in Philippians is a, is a conceptual idea that we can sort of say, well, that kind of makes sense in my mind. He's talking about the situations of his life. He's bringing you into his story of when he had food on his plate and when he had no food on his plate. And he's pointing you not to the reality of both of those seasons. He's pointing you to an internal reality which navigates through every single one of those seasons. 
And I love it. Whenever we find a secret in scripture, it's always an invitation. It's always an invitation for us to explore. What does God, what does God have for me, the other side of, of that secret? You know, what, what did God have for me, the, the other side of contentment? And guys, it brings us right back to where we started. It brings us right back to this place of being deeply rooted in our trust of God. In and, in and through every season, that his faithfulness towards us is complete and perfect in every season. And our response to him is to say, I'm going to put my roots deep into who you are. That your faithfulness pulls me into a place where I anchor myself to a reality of who you are that sees me navigate through whatever season I might find myself in. Because of who he is, we entrust ourselves to him. And entrusting ourselves to him, we entrust him for the now and for the next. We entrust him with our futures and everything that's wrapped up with that statement. Our hope of our future, the fear of our future, the doubt of our future, the plans of our future, the dreams of our future. In every season, we get to entrust, to place down deep roots in trust into a God who is faithful. And I want to encourage you that no matter what you think you're facing in life, the season you're in, maybe right now it's a relationship thing. Maybe you're single, you're pining for a husband. Let me, let me challenge you to, to place the, the roots of your trust deep into God, that you would find contentment in this season now, that you would find a, a new faith for your future, not in the hope potentially of finding a husband, but in the, your ability to trust God no matter what's around the corner. Maybe it's for finance. Maybe it's for a job. Maybe there are things that you have hope for. Maybe the things you're dreaming about and all of those things are good. But the reality is that the starting place for all, that journey of hope is placing your, deeps, your roots deep into and trusting and entrusting yourself to God because he is the only one that will be faithful and again, the foundation of what we build throughout every season of life is our ability to trust God in every season. Why don't you stand? I want to read Jeremiah over you as we close out this morning. Feel free to close your eyes if you want to put your hand on your heart. I want to just declare um, the reality of these verses right into the season you're in, the circumstance you're facing, whatever it might be. Blessed is the one, blessed are you who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Father, I thank you that every single life, when it's anchored to who you are, no matter what season we find ourselves in, that it, we will produce fruit and fruit that remains. And I, I want to pray for each one here. And, and again, in the unique times and seasons that we might find ourselves in uh, today, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and meet us. To again, make a fresh revelation of who you are, Father God. That you're a good Father in whom we can trust. 
And so we choose to allow uh, the roots of our lives to go deep into you. And Father, help us as we navigate through the seasons of life to, to know that there are things that, that you ask of us. Father, there are things that we can find as we journey with you, Holy Spirit, that will, that will cause us and, and, and encourage us to grow fruit, to develop fruit in every season. So thank you, Father, for your presence with us this morning. I actually want to um, close out this morning, just invite the worship team back. I want to close out just um, in worship, just to, uh, to, to sing again that song we sang about surrendering everything. I think there's a, there's a, uh, a beautiful place where we get to abandon ourselves to God, which allows us to, to really communicate again where we, where we place our faith, where we place our trust, what we abandon ourselves to. And it is... It is a person. We abandon ourselves to a person, not to a concept, not an ideology, not a way of thinking. We abandon and surrender ourselves to a person. But it's always in response to everything that he's done for us. And so I just want to take a few minutes just as we close out this morning to worship. After that's done, I want to encourage you to go grab refreshments. The prayer team will be available. If you're new with us this morning, come visit us at the info point. We'd love to say hi to you. Remember Vine Life Church family, Go find somebody you've never met before. Say hi to them. That's what we'll do after. But let's just for one more time. Can we, can we worship again?